we already foresee everything. We can foresee our future and uh, we experience our future. And then when we experience it, like I can have deja vu with you right now. Like it can happen <laughs> now. It's happening literally now, right? We can make that happen. And how do you make deja vu happen? I'll tell you how it happens. You can do it with anyone at any time. Mm. You make deja vu happen with presence of mind. Like we've had this moment before. Yeah, it's happening right now. That's the but truth. All you need to do to experience deja vu is presence of mind. When people accidentally get deja vu is because that moment they were present in that moment. Mm. And the presence was completely there when the awareness was there. Uh -huh, I've been here before. Yes, you have. I believe that every person has the power to transform their life. Today, I will unlock that power in you. I'm Luke and you're listening to the Luke Mind Power podcast. It's time for you to heal and to find inner peace. Are you ready? Just send me a DM that says, I want inner peace to get started. Until then, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Luke MindPal podcast. It's a blessing to be alive. And guess what? I got someone freaking phenomenal on our episode today. And I'm so excited to have him on the Luke MindPal podcast. His name is Master Shri. Uh, he's the yogi with a Lamborghini, but um, he also has over 3.2 million followers all over social media. And this is an extraordinary man that I'm sitting with. And so I want to welcome you, Master Shree, to the Luke MindPal podcast. Thank you, Luke. Thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you. it's a blessing to, to meet you finally. I said, I, I've actually been following you and uh, watching your work for a few years now, mm -hmm. actually. Um, so for me, and I, I was in the Uber coming here and I'm like, is this really happening? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think I saw a quote from a friend of mine and she said, work or hustle until your idols become your network or mm. you know what i mean mm. so i feel very grateful to be in the presence of, of greatness Thank um you. but i know that this is a definitely a journey that didn't happen overnight that's right right but, yeah um so if you would would you mind going back to like before you were this person where were you mentally spiritually i think uh I I started off entrepreneurship early, mm. um, early twenty, and uh, because my that's because my upbringing, I I wasn't very academic, mm. so <laughs> my and my dad used to always say to me, "What are you gonna do? You know, you you you've got no grades. You just gonna you have to work in a restaurant. That's what a lot of Chinese people overseas do." Mm -hmm. and, that's what you're going to do then. And you, and hopefully one day you can start your own business. So imagine that suddenly conditioning, conditioning me and being my main goal, you know, to open my own restaurant one day. And I, and I did, I took out a huge loan when I was uh, 20, 20, 21. Mm -hmm. um, and I opened my first restaurant. I was working in burger vans prior to that and saving up some money. Mm -hmm. And uh, it went well. So I opened two, then three, then five, then uh, started a franchise and uh, recruited, I think, about 52 franchisees. And I couldn't find happiness. Mm. So I was making good money. Mm, I even invested in steel uh, export business and different businesses, but I couldn't find happiness. And um, because of that, uh, I fell into somewhat of some depression had the nice cars, had the yacht, had the house on the water and had what everybody says, this is your dream life, you know? Mm, but only I knew inside that I, I, I actually, 
I just lost sense of purpose. It's that big question that everybody asks once in a lifetime, at least, is mm. uh, why are we here? Mm. What is the point in all of this? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to work all my life and then what? buy more cars and that's going to make me happy. So what, what's what's the reason for all of this? And I couldn't find it. And uh, I actually felt suicidal. So every day I would wake up in the morning and I would say to whoever it was up there, just please just do your thing and mm. take me. Mm partly because I didn't have the guts to do it myself too. Mm. But um, that's what that's what I did. And a good job. I wasn't so good at manifesting at that time. So I'm still here now. And uh, there was a, a, a trip out to Kenya. There was a, a girl I met and uh, she said to me one day, she said, uh, hey, you want to go to Kenya? And I was like, no, why would I want to do that? And uh, I remember going out, I was, I was partying and drinking a lot at that time. I went out with my friends. They said, uh, I said to them, I said, there's this girl who asked me to go to Kenya with her. And they said, don't go. They said, it's very dangerous. I heard dangerous and uh, I thought maybe that's the thing. So I called up Lisa and I said, Lisa, I'm coming with you. And it was the next day, the flight. I got on the flight, got out to Kenya. And when I got out to Kenya, I seen, uh, we went straight into the shanty towns and I seen the kids playing. They were very happy. This old lady in a far distance was just a big, beautiful smile. I just seen them smiling and happy and cheering. And I looked at them from a distance and I just burst into tears. And I don't know what was going on. I think there's some awakening or some realization. It's like, you've been searching for the wrong thing or you've been searching in the wrong places. These guys don't, they seem to have nothing, but they're so happy. And what is wrong with you? You have everything and you want to, you feel suicidal. And so all of this started going. And in short, what happened was I used what I thought I could buy me happiness, kept using money, but I used it outside in Kenya, which was very different because now we're saving lives. Now we, we built our first orphanage. This was 12 years ago now. Mm. So we built our orphanage. I built a school. Uh, we started with 43 kids and then we went up to about 400 plus kids uh, in, in, our, in our orphanage and school. And um, I, I had this motto, which I was keep telling people. I said, okay, I, I know what purpose in life is now. I said, it's, it's giving. That's all it is. It's all about giving. Mm. I said, uh, it's not about money. It's not about material. It's about giving. And uh, I remember fast forward two years from starting the uh, charity, I ran out of money. And when I ran out of money, <laughs> I was giving, giving, giving. All of the people knew me out there. And, um, and I had to witness in front of my very eyes this baby dying of malaria. And I had no money left to help. And then that maybe went into the second phase of depression where I was like, what is going on? What is the point in this? I thought I was some hero and I could change lives and save people. And now look, you just let this baby die in front of you and you're helpless. And so I, after a few months, I came to the conclusion that, you know what? I realized something. I've been good at making money. You know, I, I started there. Mm -hmm. So why is it we're not allowed to be spiritual and giving and service and at the same time make money? I think that we live in a material world and we're, you know, we're in both physical and metaphysical. And so that's where that whole thing came about, that whole epiphany. And I, I realized that money is not good. It's not bad. It, it, it's just an amplifier of what you can do, you know? And so 
I started going back to business where I started and I started to grow this organization and go out there, help more people. And then since then, a lot of uh, events, organizers and people started inviting me to speak. And then suddenly I became from the shy kid to a speaker. And uh, now here we are. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Because, yeah, that is a, it's a pretty um, big moment, right? In realizing that, you know, yeah, I mean, we do live in this materialistic world. And um, how can you use your, what it is that comes from who it is that you are? to help people to change the world. Obviously, you have to take care of yourself first so then you can take care of others, mm. right? And, and I think that's one thing that many people struggle with is the whole, you know, that's selfish, you know, mm. um, focus on yourself, put yourself first. I mean, I talk a, lo a lot about that with self-love and putting yourself first, doing what's right for you because, again, no one's coming to save you. You're, you're in, in Kenya, you're watching the baby die, you got no money left, you can't help anybody, right? And then you're like, well, hang on a second, I'm good at making money, mm. <laughs> right? So use your gift. Mm. Like it's a gift, right? right. Um, but a lot of people like, you know, introducing you, a lot of people probably like a yogi with a Lamborghini, what? <laughs> right? How does that work? But now all of a sudden, right? Because people could have made an assumption right there, mm. right? Materialistic dude, mm. right? Mm. And now you've just explained yourself and people are like, oh, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? So I think people are very quick to judge. Actually, the the, <laughs> the 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 name Yogi with Lamborghini is is purposeful for people to judge because, um, and it was it was kind of a, a courage move, a brave move, I would say, from uh, ourselves and the team, and uh, because I think that what I see in this world is there's this clean divide, and uh, it seems to happen a lot. You have the material people, uh, materialistic people, and I think you know you get a lot of this in Dubai here 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 the bling bling. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are blinded by that because a lot of people see a lot of people with all the money driving all the nice cars and everything and thinking, and then, so you have the rich and then you have everybody chasing to be the rich and thinking there's happiness. But all you need to watch is a, a, an episode of Dubai Bling to know that uh, <laughs> there's a lot of chaos happening even mm -hmm. with these Bling Bling people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always say that there is some uh, self-awareness or connecting with their higher self that is missing there and that that connection with love and compassion and kindness and happiness from within is missing there but i see the other side of the spectrum while i've been teaching yoga and meditation i see a lot of spiritual people come to me and you know they all okay bliss 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 that's great in meditation but when they open their eyes and they can't pay the bills they can't look after their family they can't look after their kids it's a problem you know and mm -hmm. i'm saying so Instead of you just connecting to source every day and hugging trees, manifesting wealth and abundance in your life, like why don't you do something active and 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 make some money? And but but the moment you say make some money, people, are like, oh, that's not spiritual. Mm -hmm. It's this uh, taboo thing, you know. And it's it's very interesting because I believe this is the next wave of the the, the shift of consciousness that's happening right now. I mean, right now you see a lot of entrepreneurs, leaders, they're all starting to talk about heart lead with love and uh, heartpreneurs and yogipreneurs and all of this type of thing and, and i think that people are starting to get it but it's still a taboo topic and when i realize i mean i always say to people when you want to find your purpose in life you, you look at your life path what has god universe set out for you and i can look at my life path and say god universe set out for me to be an entrepreneur to be good at making money God universe set out for me to fall into depression and lose sense of purpose. God universe set out for me to go giving. God universe 
taught me the bridge and taught me that, hey, if I make more money, I can help more people. Great, right? So if I see that, I see, okay, if I can do that and I can deliver that now, I can, I can be in service for the rest of my life. That is me fulfilling God's calling, mm -hmm. you know? That, 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 that's how I see it. And that's why I said, okay, cool. We need to reach out to these people. But the problem was because I was personally um, training with um, uh, numerous spiritual masters, actually, until I, I came to this one that, I, that I'm with now. But while I was training in spirituality, I was becoming so detached to everything, detached to materials, detached to all of these things, right? N not accepting that it's okay, mm. not saying I, we can't have it, but actually I just had no need for it anymore. But I realized the more I became spiritually awakened or conscious, we can say, I realized that I was now in my content, in what I put out, I was reaching out. If, I, if I'm every, every video, I'm saying namaste, let's meditate together. I'm attracting the already um, embarking on consciousness people. Mm. But I realized that the people who are suffering most are not those people. Mm -hmm. The people who are suffering most that I, I feel I need to awaken are the people who are stuck in material because that's where I was. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, but how do I do that? And it was very interesting because I was watching, out of all people, this spiritual epiphany came, or this, this idea came, which, which was um, watching a, uh, uh, an interview with Ty Lopez. And you know, Ty, Ty's uh, Rolls Royce yep, and Lamborghinis yep, yep, yep. and Instababes and mm -hmm. things, right? And so it was, I got profound moment because somebody asked him, he's, they said, Ty, uh, you're always showing off your Lamborghinis, Ferraris, all of these things, you know? Uh, and, and all these babes behind you, is, is it just ego? Is it showing off? What is it? And what he said was, he said, a lot of people don't know. I get thousands of messages every single day from kids off streets, like gangs, who come off the streets and say, thank you, Ty, now I'm reading books. If anybody was to know my message, he said, mm -hmm. will know that the core of my message, at the end of every single video, I'll tell them to read books, get yourself educated. And he said, do you think those people would have clicked on my video had it not been the Lamborghini or the Ferraris? No, because that's what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. Then I got the epiphany and I realized, wait there a second, that makes sense because what people want and what people need are two completely different things. Sure. I said, okay, how can I present something instead of, if, if, uh, first of all, am I brave enough to do this? Because if I do this, I know there's going to be controversy. Mm. Like, just like with Ty Lopez, there's going to be contra controversy and yeah. there's loads of it. Yep. But I'm like, but am I big enough? Like internally, mind, am I big enough to take this up and say, I'll take the hit. It's fine because I know my intention. Mm. I know what it does. I'll take the hit. I'll take the hit that all the spiritual people will come to me and say, he's not spiritual. He has a Lamborghini behind him, mm -hmm. right? That's totally fine. But I know why I'm doing it because every time they click on any of those Lamborghini videos, I'm teaching the meditation, self-love. I'm teaching them inner peace. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, let's go for it. And guess what? When we went for it, controversy came. You know, a lot of controversy came, a lot of hate messages come in and all the rest of it. And they'll be, you're not a spiritual. I said, and I, and, I, and I was building myself up. I was like, okay, this is my purpose. It's fine. I know my intent. doesn't matter how people see it because I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, did I get a lot of people saying, you changed my life, you changed my life? Yes, of course. A lot of people clicking. And that's how actually we first hit, you know, a million subscribers and everything was with that Lamborghini series, you know? Mm -hmm. So it works. And 
yeah, that, that, that's how it all came about. Yeah, but I think that that's powerful in a sense where you're using what you've created. I mean, you're the everything's coming from you. You know, you went from a place of success and abundance to I've lost it all managed my money incorrectly. I didn't worry about that. I was trying to help people or whatever it was. And then now you've gone and done it again. And now you're using it in a way that is part of marketing because it works. It's, and only, then- it's, it's only marketing. Because uh, uh, let me tell you something. I, I, I much prefer getting in a Toyota Prius and driving that around. It's so easy, you know? <laughs> Round park, whatever. You don't care. You don't give a damn. Yeah. Lamborghini, you you like like it's very stiff. careful rims yeah. and side and yeah, don't scratch. Yeah. It's a lot of effort, you know. Absolutely, but people, but 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 you get eyes That's onto it. that, That's you know. It. And then the beautiful thing is, is you're sharing a message, and that message can be heard mm. by you know people who could be thinking that that is happiness. That's right. Right. So it's actually very powerful. But why do you think people have this like perception of this, this or this fear of like when they hear the word money? Where, where is that coming from? Is that like old school culture or is that like money is the root of all evil? Whatever the case may be, whatever people have decided or have been programmed with from their parents or culture or whatever, like deeper than that. Like, have you? It, it's because how our brains work, right? Our brains are not programmed to make us very successful. Our brains are programmed to protect us. Mm. This is the human nature. And if it protects us, what does it mean? When we are presented with any word, anything, the first thing we think is negativity. For example, if I was to hold a knife right now, right? People are, ooh, dangerous. Mm. But the knife could be operating and saving someone's life, mm -hmm. right? There's no good or bad about that. Mm. If I said, if I say the word, hey, salesperson, thought is, oh, don't like that mm -hmm. salesperson, right? Because you are you probably remember certain times where you were sold something that didn't work or whatever. But if you really think about it, have you ever, I know I have, right? Been to a shop before, some really good sales guy sells you something, right? This thing or vacuum cleaner, whatever. It was worked very well. Then you take it home and you're so happy you bought that thing. There has been numerous of those times for everybody. So what does that mean? You manage to benefit of those things because of the process called sales, mm -hmm. but you don't see a salesperson as a good thing. Mm. You see, that's because our brains are naturally wired for negative first. And so when it comes to money, it's exactly the same same thing. When we talk about money, people think filthy rich, what is filthy, it's, everything's negative, mm. you know? Money is the root of all evil, all of this, they remember all of those. But why when you hear money, you don't think about, the people who are donating to charities and helping people and changing lives. Yeah. But that's just because the our, our brains are wired that way. And actually, it, it won't change. It's always going to be that way. Like, I, I'm, I'm saying not the individual won't change. The individual can shift their mm -hmm, mind. Mm -hmm. But as a mass consciousness, money will always be, and everything else will always be our mind will always focus on negative first. It's 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 part of the human game. Mm. You know? It's it's where I have learned that, you know, instead of looking at someone and going, Oh my gosh, look at them, what they've got, or they've got this car or they've got this nice house, it's like be inspired by them you know, change the mindset of like comparing yourself to other people. And I think that's where people are, are losing themselves because they don't have that confidence, self-worth, self-love, contentment within themselves of who they are and what they've become thus far, mm. that they have the lack of awareness of how their ego controls them. That's right.
a lot of the time they are judging other people, but because there's some void inside and they don't realize that. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 I always say to people, it's like when people say, oh, this person's all about money. In reality, that person is broke. The person mm. who's saying it is broke. I know, I know people don't like hearing that. It's like, oh, why are you saying I'm broke? <laughs> but I mean, there could be thousands of people listening to this podcast show right now, and there will be uh, a proportion of them who will not be affected by me saying, you are broke. Mm. But there's going to be a big amount of people who will be really affected. Oh, I don't like this person. Mm -hmm. He just said I'm broke. Mm. And the people who don't like it are broke. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a problem from within. That's what triggers them, you know? Have you ever heard of the saying that you, what you fear is what you attract? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how how can you interpret that and how can you help people overcome that like if you fear being like for example in relationships right i used to fear that she was going to leave me mm -hmm. right so i was really insecure mm -hmm. and then what would end up happening mm -hmm. she'd leave mm -hmm. right so i would be doing everything that i could to show her i loved her to to do my best to get her acceptance and approval that i'm good enough for you right mm -hmm. And then it was too much. It was overbearing. It was, she couldn't handle it. She couldn't receive the love or whatever I was giving her, right? So in that sense, in that context, I'm, I've proved that that is right. Because mm -hmm. I was fearing the, the, the loss of her, losing her, and she left. Mm -hmm. So is that something that you've experienced or you know about? Or Of course, of course. Uh, money, relationship, everything. It's, it's, it's the same. But um, I, it's all inner work. Mm. It is all inner work. And and give it some time, you know. I think that you can do a lot of things. I think that uh, the from the first thing, because it's all about our belief system, it's all about our our upbringing and our conditioning. So the first thing I would recommend for everybody is uh, to work on cognitive reframing. So changing the programming that's inside the mind, because how a mind works is it's everything is memory. When we are saying we want to reprogram the subconscious mind, basically what we're saying is we want to change the memory. And when we understand how memory works, we'll be able to change it. Because on the stem of our brain, we have two main organs, which one is the amygdala, which is in charge of the uh, emotions. Mm. And the second one is the hippocampus, which is in charge of the short and long-term memory. Now, that's how memory works. People who say, I've got bad memory, is not true. They remember things from childhood, mm. right? So how can they have bad memory? Mm -hmm. It's because it's logged in through emotions. Mm. And so if we know things are logged in through emotions, when we are reframing it, what are we doing? We're doing some, some sort of timeline therapy, going back in through visualization of your childhood memory, your earliest memory of that thing, for example, money. Mm. We go back. And in that moment, whatever that pain was that you felt towards it or you experienced towards it, now you need to change the colors and change it all towards pleasure. So I would say that by doing that, it, it changes everything. I mean, I did it myself. It was a big thing because I remember back then I had a, f when, when I did it first time, I had a five-year-old birthday party in McDonald's. Mm. And all my friends were invited. I was so happy because it was the first time in McDonald's birthday party. I seen my friends had it before and I was like, wow, I'm there. I'm there. I'm really happy. My mom's standing there. And I remember looking around, right? And keep looking around. And then I'm, I look up at mom and I say, mom, where's daddy? And she said, oh, he's, he's at work. And I said, but, but, it, but it's my birthday. Mm. And, sh and she said, yeah, yeah, but he, he needs to make money. Mm-hmm finished that was the conversation no more explanation that was it he needs to make money mm. now what's internally happening dad chose money instead of me today mm -hmm. 
That's what money does. Mm. Money, no family, money, no love, money, separation. You see, so that was my earliest childhood memory of money. And so when I did the whole thing, I had to go back to that, that time and I had to get the full explanation now, change it. What was the idea? Now I have the conversation once again. You say, mom, where's dad? She says to me, she says, dad's working, working very hard out there. And I say, why? And she says, because he loves you. He wants to make more money so that he can help you and uh, pay for some more toys for you and get you, give you a better life. That's why, because he loves you so much. That's mm. why. Mm. So I reframe the whole situation. I come out. And it's very interesting because prior to that process, actually I was making good money, but I used to always fling it. Like I just, everything that came in just used to go out, no matter how much I earn. Even when it gets to six figures, it's bam, everything's going out. And I didn't know why. I just had this addiction to throwing money out. And I didn't realize it was my relationship to money, you know? So I think first thing is cognitive reframing. Second thing, after you re uh, ripped out the roots, second thing is affirmations uh, will re reaffirm. Uh, and then third thing is through actually energy healing. This is what we do a lot today because a lot of people don't know, but our memory traumas are stored inside energy center. Mm -hmm. So there are certain breathwork practices and things like that, that we can open, release it, and release all of that, this life and even past life uh, problems. Yeah. Powerful stuff, <laughs> yeah, for, for real. Because because the, that's definitely one of, you know, going back and it, what it shows is the communication miscommunication. Mm. That that's the one thing that you know. I even had this experience with my own mother, and I didn't realize why. And I'll go into this a little bit because maybe you can relate. You know, I lived in the Shaolin Temple in China. Oh wow! Um, back in two thousand and nineteen, November to February. Oh, wow. So three and a half months that I was, was there. in Henan? In Kun Kunming. Kunming. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. So, you know, my, I felt my soul was calling me uh -huh. to go there. And that was something that was happening over a period of more than 12 months. Mm -hmm. Initially, the first time I started researching him. And then eventually, you know, I was led there. I lived there. I experienced the life of, you know, a warrior monk and learning Kung Fu and living in the temple and all that kind of stuff. And so... That's really what changed my life. And I mean, even what you're sharing in terms of your lifestyle, right? Everything is balance. Everything has to do with balance, mm. you know? And and people think that Kung Fu is is martial arts. It's mm. it's it's life. Mm. It's, it's everything, everything to it's do. Discipline. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, you know. Um, but that journey of like connection, mm. soul connection, mm. right? Like your body. Mm. Uh, I learned that my body is my, I'm my own best doctor, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and so many of us are relying on outs outside opinions and advice from obviously there's medical prof professionals for, for a reason, but not realizing that you can listen to your body. Your body speaks, mm -hmm. pay attention, <laughs> right? When it does, doesn't like something, it tells you. But they also not listen. <clears throat> it's not that they don't listen. It's that they can't hear because they're too filled with uh, so much clutter that's happening yeah, yeah. every day. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, going back to what you were saying um, and what I experienced with my own mother when I came back from China, uh, it just so happened that my parents left, not left me, but they moved away back when I was 20 years old. They, they moved to another city. I came back from Europe. I didn't want to go with them because I'd been living in Sydney all my life. Mm -hmm. And then 16 years later, right, after they'd been living there for that long, there was nowhere else to go for me to go. I had no money. I was broke. Mm. And I was like, well, the only place that you can go, Luke, is back home to your parents. 
And so the purpose of me going back there was there was a lot of healing that needed to be done. A lot of communication. There was a lot of triggers there from my parents, you know, me going and doing this kind of work and speaking the way that I do and and going against their, you know, Catholicism, mm -hmm. right, their religion. Um, because I felt that I, in order for me to to proclaim the news of like what I do and self love and confidence and believing in yourself and and being authentic, I had to let go of anything that was putting me in a box, mm -hmm. right? Because I felt like all my life my mum was, this is the only way. Like this is you have to go to church, you have to read the Bible. That's the only one way, and that's the truth. Mm -hmm. And I felt restricted, so I left that. And and so coming back into my mother's house, you know, she has statues everywhere and, you know, like it's 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 heavy stuff, you know, like she and, and I'm not judging her. I, I love her for it because she has so much faith and believes in that only, you know, which is beautiful. But coming into the house and being Luke Mindpower, this new alter ego, this new version of me that she's not used to at 30, 35, 36 years old. And how was that? Uh, immediately there was like tr I was being triggered because my, my dad would be like you can't speak like that you need to change the way you're speaking don't put that on social media like there was immediate like conflict and this is how you need to do it don't do that so there was a lot of triggers and with those triggers came a lot of healing because I learned that I can't suppress them mm -hmm. you know but there was a moment there where when I was four around 14 years old and I asked my mom I said you know can I play soccer and, you know, four kids, she's got her own personal life. She's running the household. And she responded and she said, no, you can't because you're too skinny. And if you go on the field, the kid, the other kids will break your bones. So she rejected my, uh, you know, request, right? Mm. So I already was very self-conscious of my physical appearance. Mm. I was very lanky and skinny, you know. So that just kind of amplified the awareness of like, there's something wrong with you, Luke. You're different, so then I got the opportunity from living with her there at this, you know, 35 or 36, however old I was, to talk to her about it and to, to remind her of that moment. And after I shared that with her, how she made me feel, what came up for me, you know, she came back into my room like 10 minutes or 15 minutes later and she grabbed my hand and she said, I'm sorry. Mm, I'm sorry beautiful. that I didn't, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was going through at that time, but maybe I could have given you more information. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could have communicated to you a little bit better to help you understand what mum was going through. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, and you can appreciate how a parent needs to communicate or how they are or how they did versus now reflection about how they could have done things better. And so there's a lot of healing here and, and, you know, it's helped me to come find more peace, you know, because I used to blame them a lot, mm -hmm. you know, the blame game that that's their fault. I'm the way that I am because of my parents. Mm -hmm. And how's the relationship now? Now, now I just love them for who they are. Mm. I love them where they're at. My job is not to change them. That's right. That's right. My job is to accept them for who they are. Mm. And if you think about what they've been through, in their own life growing up you know what i mean it's, it's their conditioning is absolutely their absolutely right. yeah. you know i was pointing the finger like honestly i i wrote a moment when i was triggered i sat in my room and i was trying to understand what the hell's going on because it's almost like as if i lost myself i went back to being a boy mm -hmm. a, a child 
that's how much I'd been triggered because of what my mom said to me. And then I started researching YouTube and I'm like, how to heal my inner child. Then I learned about codependency. And then I sat there and wrote 15 pages because I felt like killing my mom. Oh, wow. That is the pain that I felt within myself. Mm -hmm. That's how much I was hurt, you know? And I started writing and typing and typing and typing. And then I remember sitting there in front of my parents, reading all of this to them because I believed they were wrong. Right. This is like conscious reparenting. I'm like conscious parenting. This is how you're supposed to parent a child. <laughs> Literally, that's what I was doing. I stay sat there like my dad's in his 70s. Uh -huh. My mom is sitting there, sitting there together on the lounge and I'm sitting there in front of them reading this from my computer. Emotional. Well, they, I think they were just sitting there going, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, and so seven months later, I apologized to them. Mm. I said, sorry. Mm. You know, and I, I said, I'm sorry that I did that because that's what I felt. But I know that you guys were always doing your best, mm -hmm. you know. And so I had dropped the ego mm -hmm. of thinking that you know it all, bro, <laughs> you know. So this is part of the, I think, what is stopping most people in this fight or this journey of like seeking happiness, trying to find happiness, mm -hmm. but not doing the work on their past yeah that's right that's right which which is like constantly this when i get to this place i'll be happy when i get when i achieve this i'll be happy i think there's a natural do you feel like you can say you're content you're peaceful you're happy you're living in fulfillment because you're being of service to others mm -hmm. but is there something in you right now that's still striving for more that's still wanting to to achieve more that still you know there's got to be some ambition like you still want to like you know like tony robbins says progress equals happiness mm -hmm. how is that actually, actually it's, it's interesting you say that because um i think uh i, st I started speaking like uh, coming out of my introvert self and speaking and going on stages and doing the tours and everything only 11 years ago mm. prior to that I didn't say a word to anybody. I was uh, too shy to even have a one-to-one -one conversation. And when I started on this whole journey of educating people, being a speaker, being a teacher, I always felt like, okay, I found something where I am fulfilling something that is beyond me and I found my calling. And it's interesting you ask that question because I always wanted to reach more people, reach more people, reach more people. And then comes the millions of subscribers and followers and all the tours and everything. In 2019, I was on a plane journey um, to Taiwan. We had a gig out there. And uh, there was a, a, a member of our team, her name's Harriet. She was sat next to me. And she just turned around and she looked at me. She said, do you know I've never asked you this before? And I said, what do you want to say? She said, you always teach people that people need to have big goals and make it bigger and make it bigger and, you know, and have clarity and everything. And, but what is your goal? I've never heard you speak about your goal before. And I don't know what went through me at that time, but that was the first time I spoke about this to anybody, I looked at Harriet and I said, Harriet, actually, I don't have a goal. And she said, you what? What do you mean? And I said, I, 
I think it's the spiritual journey, I said. I think I think people call it transcendence or samadhi or fulfilling your calling and you're done or something. I, I don't know what they call it. I said, but I feel like they're going to take me away soon. And she looked at me, she said, what? And I remember a few of the team members were there and then they started crying. Mm. And when I seen her crying, it, it shocked me because I was I said, oh, that's, I said, that's not what I meant. I don't, I'm not suicidal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not unhappy. I'm not mm. depressed. I'm actually extremely, extremely happy. I'm very fulfilled. I have everything I, I want. I've done everything I've ever wanted to do. And I just feel at peace now, so much at peace that I feel that I'm ready to go. And uh, that's why I just, I, and I have no more, I don't, I don't feel I need more subscribers. I don't feel I need to reach out to more people. I don't even feel a need to help more people anymore. I said, there's no need now. So that's why I feel it's that way. I said, it's very peaceful. Mm. So don't worry about me. That's what I said. And the interesting thing was when we landed in Taiwan, it must've been like seven days after or something like that. I received a, a, a WhatsApp message from a disciple of a Himalayan yogi, Grandmaster Aksha. So the disciple's name was Rebecca, and she reached out to me. She said, Grandmaster Akshar would like to uh, invite you to join him up in the Himalayas next month. And I was thinking, hmm, very strange. Like, what's this about? And then my, just like everybody else, skept skeptical mind came in first. Oh, they probably want to sell me a retreat mm -hmm, or something, mm -hmm. right? So I, said, uh, so I said, what's it about? And then the next message said, uh, Grandmaster would like you to be his first disciple to receive the blessing of spiritual master. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, <laughs> this is a joke or something. What do you mean spiritual master? I, I was always, I always class myself as a spiritual gangster, not like, mm -hmm. a like oh, I'm supposed to dress in a robe afterwards. What am I, you know, I, I was mm -hmm. like, I don't get this. So I messaged again. I said, so wait there a second. So, but he's got millions of disciples and people around the world but me I'm, I'm really bad at yoga and i'm just not not good you know why me and um and anyway at that time like i said i was just already in that place where i was just you know i'm ready to go so i was like oh you know what just say yes and just see what it's about right but i was really dreading it actually and i'll tell you why i was dreading it number one she said that no technology for the whole month you're in the himalayas with grandma saksha so it means that I can't get in touch with my organization, my business, everything. It's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to leave it with one for one month. Second thing was, she said, um, you, it's going to be you and Grandmaster Aksha only, one-to-one. -one. I don't know if you've been to yoga classes before, but in yoga classes, when something's getting tough and you're in a class, you can hide. When the person turns to the other side, you can hide, mm -hmm, you can drop, mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. rest. Mm -hmm. But when one to one, you've got no escape. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, oh no, because I've only, I only till that date, I probably had, I don't know, no more than twenty classes with Grandmaster before, and mm -hmm. every single time it was tough. You mm -hmm. know, and every single time, yeah, it's at, not easy. Every single time at the end, I would say, I'm not doing that ever again. Yeah. You know, and then um, so a few of these things, and then anyway, I went up there. First day passed by, second day passed by. It was exactly what I imagined, complete nightmare. I was like, oh no, this is tough. Six hours a day of yoga practice, hours of medit hours of meditation. And I'll tell you, I was teaching some meditation stuff back then, but a lot of my meditation stuff that I used to teach then was pretty short. It was about mm -hmm. 10 minute, 15 minute, minute meditations. And I'll tell you why I used to teach that is because honestly, I couldn't hold a longer meditation without falling asleep. Mm. And that was just me. My mind was drifting, I would fall asleep. So, I was sitting there 
in front of the master and meditating and suddenly I find I catch my head just <laughs> dropping a few times I'm like oh no do I look really stupid can I really qualify as the mm, spiritual mm, master mm, he thinks mm. you know and so we go through that training and then on day three was it was crazy we he was sat maybe twice the distance of us right now he was sat there and we sit there he said remember what we've been practicing i said yes i remember so after the physical practice he said now your energies are flowing let's move it outside and i was like outside what does that mean so sit there he says okay first focus on third eye and then a few protocols he said okay tap here okay mm -hmm. then feel it energy breathe exit right he said exit and then he said, do you see the light? And honestly, I couldn't see anything. So I said, mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm imagining a light. He said, what about now? It was like extremely bright. It's almost like staring at this light here. Extremely bright. Then going, I don't know, a thousand miles per hour through this tunnel. Really, 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 really fast. And then it was getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And it was overwhelming. My whole body was, was sending this energy through. And I was like, I was too shocked. I opened my eyes straight away. I couldn't stay in there. Opened my eyes and I looked around. I thought, I said, I seen it. And then he said to me, he said, this, this time I opened it for you. In this journey, you need to learn how to open and enter yourself. My skeptical mind was so like, I was like, he's, he's about five, I know. Yeah. five meters away from me. Someone held a torch or something, or is there sunlight shining? No, the window is in the wrong position. What on earth was that? I'll tell you, that third day was the thing that got me hooked. Completely, completely hooked. Because I was like, I want to know what this is now. Yeah. Where did we go? What is that about? And so as we venture into the whole training of dimension traveling and realizing the multiple existences that we are and how we can manifest outside to perform inside, all of these things... I tell you one simple thing I couldn't do. Well, I say simple thing now, but lotus pose I could never do. One foot over, the other foot over, I could never do. One knee was just paining. I tried it for years and I couldn't do it, right? And before the session, he said to me, he said, now we're going outside. He said, we train outside. Outside, time works much, fast, uh, much faster. You can do a lot more. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I'll see you out there. And I would always be like, what does that mean? You know, so I go into meditation and I said, damn it. I think I'm seeing him. This is so strange. You know, why, why is he here? He's calling me over. We're doing some practice. And then we come out of one meditation. I think this is like the fifth or sixth day. We come out of it. And he said, okay. He said, that felt like a long time, huh? And I said, yes, yeah, it felt like days or something. And he said, yeah. Do you know how long it was? I said, I don't know. He said, look at the time. Look at the time. I think it's about 10, 12 minutes. He's like, what? And he said, ah, now, Go into lotus pose. Fold, fold. I said, what, what is this? And then what he explained was, he explained, he said, minor changes in outer dimension equals major changes in this dimension because it's the outer dimension. It's more powerful. So I was getting epiphany, 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 epiphany cut the whole thing. We went all future, past, everything, all these different dimensions. And then I realized at the end of it, aside from all this awakening and everything, what it was building up, it was building up my spirit. And I'll tell you why I was sharing this, because to your point before, I didn't know at the time I had an inner fear. 
while I was growing the following, right? And not many people know this. I realized that, yes, we would get, you changed my life, 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 you changed my life. You're a scam. You changed my life, you changed my life, you changed my life. That's nonsense. And I didn't know that I, I now I recall, I realized that that internally it was affecting me. Every day I wake up, I'm like, okay, that put check, 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 check. And I'm, I'm, I imagine I'm looking for that thing now. I'm looking for it. And mm. when it hits, I'm like, oh, mm. why you say that about me? You know? <laughs> and it's so strange that I got, I, I didn't even realize I was so affected by that thing. And actually, me saying at that time, I'm done with my purpose was a cop out. I didn't know I was trying to back out. I was like, I'm done. Mm. But so when I went through all of that training and I built this strength, spiritual strength, mind strength, I really came out of the mountains having like actually just nothing affecting me. So I was like, I'm going to go full on now. And I don't care who, what says what, because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So my self-awareness, you know, was completely there and aligned. So is a interesting journey. <laughs> how many how many months or years were you there in that time? Like this physical, I was there for one month, uh, but it was equivalent of around two years of training. But how how much longer before that had you you know had like because obviously this this persona who you are today this version of yourself, mm. right? How long or how much work or investment have you put into yourself to become this 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 person? Many years, I would say, you know, 10, 15 years at least. There's been a lot of personal development. A lot what of about coaches, you, the, this a lot whole spiritual, the spiritual side of it? You know, like, you know, like I'm thinking about what you just shared and it yeah. sounds so powerful. Mm. Uh, and I think back to, to me living in China and living in the Shaolin Temple and mm. and I'm like, that, that was three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And it changed my whole life. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. But I want to go back there. I like. I can feel but, my, the calling. But that. But that's the thing. That's. The, I mean, yours was three three months, and the amount you change in three months was huge. But you didn't change in those three months. People always say, "I got a spiritual awakening in this moment." Yeah. No, you got a spiritual remembering in that moment because your your soul already got to a certain point last yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. You know, it got to that point in your spiritual advancement last life. And so when it got to that spiritual advancement, this this life, we get all the conditioning. Then it took Shaolin Temple to peel off the conditioning and mm. then you're back where you were last life, you know? So th- I think for me, it's the same thing. I, people always say, oh, how long have you been training with spiritual teachers? I say, I don't know, maybe just seven years, something like that. Then people say, then why is it these spiritual people who have been training for 30 years or 40 years under some master is now training under you? Why, why do they need to learn from you, you know? And people don't get that, but it's because past life, I was a little bit further and that's the only mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What do you say to, how do you, like, people are going to listen to this and go, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, because obviously some people were like, yeah, that's not true. There's no such thing as past life and all that. Uh, Is this, you know, deja vu? Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that I would say about deja vu, I would say that it's when you dream and you forget your dream. Mm-hmm. But when you are talking about what you're talking about. I'm like, well, deja vu could also be happening because of your past life, because of something that you've already experienced in your past life. Yeah. And so now it's coming up again and you're going through it again. And you're like, hang on, I've been here. How, how, can, you, how can you explain that 
but also how can you go a it's, bit deeper into helping people understand what this past life is because I, it's it's all possible mm. right and it, it does make like for me what you're saying it does make sense like what you explained to, uh okay go i i'm a bit like you i i i grew i grew up in a buddhist uh, family i did uh, buddhist chants growing up mm -hmm. and i went to a catholic school mm -hmm. And then I got baptized <laughs> and then I studied Hinduism. <laughs> so, and then now we're in a uh, Muslim country. So yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a, you know, so, so I was always fascinated by all the parallels and what's actually happening. But mm -hmm. the, the truth, right in the core of it, it's all very parallel. You know, mm -hmm. it's all very similar. But um, I think that I like to see everything from maybe more of a scientific background. It'll be easier for people to digest. Energy is everything. Everything is energy. We are energy. Our memories are energy. Our visualizations, our imagination, our dream, everything is energy. Energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. You cannot be destroyed. You cannot be created. You can only be transferred. Your energy can only transfer. Keep moving. Keep moving. So when we die, the energy needs to transfer. Mm -hmm. So, question mark, where it transfers to... Mm -hmm. Then let's ask some questions. When we're brought into this world, why is it that you can sometimes have a kid that's very awakened? Why is it that you can have some kid that will learn boxing faster than anybody else? Why is it that you learn you have a kid that learns piano? You can get two kids, same age. Why is it one learns faster than the other? Mm. Why is it one, not, not oh, because they're more smarter. No, one just seems like they've done it before. Mm -hmm. we've, all ex we've all seen many kids do that mm -hmm. before, you know? Why? It's all already there, that there's already information there. You know, sometimes when you hang around with some kids, they say some bizarre things. And it's like, and then the parents are always looking around saying, Who taught him that? Who said that? And then nobody. And then it's like, What? How innocent. But how did you speak something so with so much wisdom? You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. So this is all carried on, you know. And it's interesting you brought in that idea about dream, because we do a lot on uh, on, on dream dream work dimensions because first of all dream is not dream dream is a alternate dimension that you're in you're, you reside in mm. even right now mm. we're doing something there mm. we're sleeping there we're awake here mm. <laughs> we're sleeping here we're awake there so which one is dream this one uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so so dream is not dream Dream is another, because how we, we understand that is very simple. It's like, if I ask, I say, who are you? If you say, point to yourself, how would we point? Like this, mm, this, mm, where? Mm, mm. Where are you? Physical? Mm. Are you only limited by physical? Because you are energy, you're, even just your heat, your body heat is beyond your mm -hmm. physical. So you're somewhere else. And we've all had the experience before where we observe ourselves. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I mean, they, Two friends gonna have a chat, having a chat. And then suddenly, while you're having a chat, you drift outside and then you see your facial expression and you realize I'm slouching. Oh, I look really silly right now. Oh, I'm pulling this silly face. Oh, quickly correct myself. How do you see yourselves in that, uh, in that moment? How do you hear yourself in that moment? How can we, by the way, everybody says this, I'm angry at myself, right? I'm upset with myself. I am upset with, myself third person in our figure of speech we already mm. speaking we we on we are acknowledging something we yeah. are acknowledging i am not myself mm -hmm. and i is infinite i observing myself the physical limited reflection here 
you know? And so we already acknowledge that we are greater than just this thing. We are beyond this thing. All mm -hmm. energies are interconnected. So when we understand that the all energies are interconnected, we are everywhere, many places, many dimensions at the same time. Dream is a dimension. When we say, when you go to sleep, where do you go? People say, I don't go anywhere. I stay in a room. How, how do you prove that? Look, my body's there, but you're not limited to your body. You're beyond your body, right? Your mind. Is your mind you? They say, yes. Okay, so where's your mind? So in the room. Okay, you go to sleep. I'll go into your room. I'll take some stuff out and see if you were there. You were not there. You were somewhere else. Mm. You know, so we start understanding. Okay, if we start asking these questions, answers will come. Dream is not dream. Dream you are going somewhere else. And the most biggest fascination is what is the system? There is a system in place, a calculated mathematical system in place that holds you into dream. And when you come back out of dream, it erases the memory and you come back out. We all have that mm. beautiful dream we're having. And then we come back, we enjoyed it so much. We want to tell someone about it. Three, two, one. Can't remember. Okay. But if we look at that, according to memory, what we were speaking about before, it's humanly impossible to do that. What I'm saying is you just enjoyed your dream, meaning it was full of emotions. Mm. How does your brain work? Your brain works, it logs into memory when emotions are there, mm. right? So you just had a lot of emotions in your dream. And then with the emotions, it should log into your memory. You come out of dream, three, two, one, disappears. You explain what, how that is humanly possible. It's almost like if I said to anybody right now, I say, okay, close your eyes and visualize the most beautiful, most exciting time. Have a lot of fun right now. Okay, visualize that time right now. Okay, for 10 seconds and then open your eyes. Forget it now. <laughs> Nobody can do it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, humanly, don't think of an elephant. <laughs> it's human, yeah, it's humanly impossible. So explain that, explain. So who governs that then? What governs that? What energy governs that? When it comes back, there is a system in place, Nisa, it's a law mm. erased there. So is this back. the understanding of the whole parallel, the whole uh, past life, all that kind of stuff? Because there's Be just because, so because past life isn't past. It's there. It's it's part of your memory. It's part of who you have always been. If, if you if like you were explaining, it's like you were explaining deja vu before. You said deja vu could be past life, right? Is it deja vu is past life? It can't be past if it's present, but no. But it's because future and past is also present and everything's yeah, in one. It's, it's not linear. Yeah, no, time is not standing still. It's like we're, we're in the middle of the past and the present right here. So what it's does happening that mean? at it the mean, same time? So it means, that, it means that we already foresee everything. We can foresee our future and uh, we experience our future. And then when we experience it, like I can have deja vu with you right now. Like it can happen <laughs> now. It's happening literally now, right? We can make that happen. And how do you make deja vu happen? I'll tell you how it happens. You can do it with anyone at any time. Mm. You make deja vu happen with presence of mind. Like we've had this moment before. <laughs> yeah, it's happening right now. That's the but, truth. But that, but all you need to do to experience deja vu is presence of mind. When people accidentally get deja vu is because that moment they were present in that moment. Mm. And their presence was completely there when their awareness was there. Uh-huh, I've been here before. Yes, you have. <laughs> I mean, you are, you are, but it's a feeling of an experience that you've had before in the past. 
right? So, yeah, that's like uh, we always we know our future. Every if everyone if everyone if everyone brought their awareness, complete consciousness mm-hmm. here, complete consciousness. I mean, that's very hard for a lot of people, right? But complete presence here. Do you think it's the the scary part of people deeply knowing the truth that they know the future, but there's so much resistance because of conditioning, because of trauma, because mm-hmm. of disassociation and disconnection from who we truly are, that there is such a fear. Like I can sit here and I go, I know where I'm going. Like I know what I'm doing. I know I'm following my calling. My my soul knows. And even to to not to digress, but there is uh, a quote that I wrote recently on Twitter, and, and it was like, "Follow your soul; it knows the way." It's even going to take you in ways that are going to hurt you on purpose, because you need that strength. Your character is built because of adversity and pain, right? And a lot of us are are completely disconnected from that. How do we reconnect? Meditation, yoga, like is the what what types of meditation we teach meditation yoga, but I would say first principle is calming the mind. That's all it is. Our mind is too cluttered. It's always thinking. If we are not thinking, we now can witness and we are witnessing feeling. The moment we're thinking we are stimulating a fake feeling. You know when you talk about uh, following your soul or your calling or feeling or gut feeling or intuition, people say. But a lot of people's intuition is not not correct. People misunderstand intuition, you know? Because I, I get a lot of spiritual people today come to our, our events and they, I, my intuition is telling me this isn't right for me. I'm saying, no, it's not. This is getting tough now and you're not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, it's getting tough. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Exactly. But uncomfortable is growth. You're recognizing uncomfortable is your gut feeling is saying it's uncomfortable. No, 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 no. Your gut feeling is not telling you. Your brain is mm-hmm. scared mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So how do we differentiate these two? Your mind making up or actual intuition? When your mind is surrendered, no thinking. No thoughts. Mm-hmm. Now just feel with no thoughts. Because thoughts will manipulate your feeling i so think you just need to feel yeah yeah the, there is the feel but i think some of us are like you said conditioned to, to the, the the mind is so loud and it's not just i think it's easy you know a lot of people say this to me all the time it's easier said than done <laughs> it's easy for you to say <laughs> right uh, if you're not where you want to be or if you're in a job that you hate or if you're in a relationship that's unhealthy or if you have negative people around you that don't complement your life or inspire you or lift you up, then it's very challenging for you to 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 just sit there in peace. What's your answer to that? When they say all of those things to you, what's your answer to that? Well, when people say that, you know, it's easy for me to say, I said, yeah, it is because I did the work. It's easy for you to push back a resistance to change because that's easy. And if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. <laughs> that's the truth. And when they tell you, and when they tell you, my, uh, my situation's different, you don't understand my situation's really tough. What, what's your answer to that? Every, every situation is challenging. It's, there's, and, and like I say, that there's no problems, there's just situations. And you have to choose what kind of lesson is there for me in this experience. Because every experience is a lesson. There's something that 
people are not learning from what they're going through and hence why they have to keep repeating the same thing over and over again before they learn. Mm. So many people's lack of peace is just coming from their own experiences that they're in right now, which they're not learning from. And too many outside sources are impacting their own decisions, which I feel is correct, mm -hmm. right? There's so many things externally mm -hmm. that people are afraid of, which then also goes to the lack of self-confidence in yourself to be able to go, I don't care what you think about me. It's your family, it's your friends. How hard is that? And why is it so hard for people to, to go against, you know, like Les Brown says, the hardest thing to do is to go against your family, your friends and the people that you love. But deep down, you know the truth. People's fear of judgment is people's fear of other people's opinions. That's it, no? Mm. So it's a lack of I want to be accepted. I want to I want to feel I want approval. Yeah. And and I think that thing about, you know, what you were saying before about the, the, the balance between what is selfish and what is self-love, people don't understand that. And I think if they understand that, you cannot give what you do not have. So if you actually are happy, you are happy. Right? You are peaceful. You actually honor yourself. You have so much more energy and so much more vibrancy in your energy to make more difference to the people around you. And mm. people don't recognize that, you know? I always say to people, my, my story is very similar. I mean, coming from an Asian background, you're, you, when you're growing up, you have to be a doctor, a lawyer, or you're a failure, you mm -hmm. know? It's literally like that. Mm. And I can be doctor, I can be lawyer, I can be accountant, so I'm a failure. So that's how I, I, I was conditioned. And um, me leaving school, at 15, 16, leaving home, it, it wasn't easy, of course not. There's chaos, but I always say to people, chaos then order. It's always chaos to order. Mm -hmm. You can't get new order in your life without chaos. Mm -hmm. So that's the transition. And so, you know, I always get people even like who grew up with me today, they always message me out the blue, a lot of them, hey, uh, any opportunities, you know, let me know, you know? And I'm like, dude, last time you asked me, I already gave you opportunity, but you said you couldn't. It's like, yeah, but you know, you know, see, see what there is, see what there is. You, you know, my situation It's it's not easy, you know, family business. I got to look after it and thing. I'm saying, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I, I grew up in the same uh, mm. type of upbringing as you. My family was the same as yours. I said, so actually, I don't know. Because I walked out, yeah, but you know, I can't do that. I don't know you can't do that. I really don't know, right? You're telling me you can't, so I, okay, I believe you, you can't. So then never change your life. That's all. You know, it's, 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 I think people are afraid of the unknown, the chaos that leads to the order. But if you understand existence, always goes from negative to positive, of negative course. to positive, negative to positive. It goes to challenges to solutions. So what does that mean? To get to the new you, doesn't matter who's listening, who's watching right now. To get to the new you, we must go through, grow through something mm -hmm. that is extreme and it's going to be terrifying. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. But as long as we can stay solution focused, we find solutions. We're asking the right questions. We keep working towards it. When we get out of it, we get to the next mountain peak. But that's how, how we get to a mountain peak, is it not? When we're trekking onto the mountain, we don't get to the peak, but oh, I'm here. No, it's tough. And then you get to enjoy, you know? That's how life is. So mm. I think people are afraid of the challenge and the unknown and everything. 
but they don't understand that the magic, the thing they desire most, their, 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 their highest self really craves for, that new peak, the biggest version of themselves, is through that adversity. And people don't understand that. Yeah, it, it is in the challenge that most people feel like life, this is just, you know, people kind of give up in that moment. They're like, you know, I've got the hard end of the stick or whatever they want to say. Like it's, you know, life is against me or, you know, because it's in, in the moment it's challenging. It's it's hurt. It's hard. It's, it hurts. You know, it's uncomfortable. Right. And, and especially if things keep happening in the wrong way for you, you know, it's very hard to see the light, but it's the perseverance. And that's why the victory is so sweet. If you keep going to the top, if you keep climbing, you know, like I say, you can't drift to the top of the mountain. You have to climb there. You know, um, I I I want I want to share something there. I think that um, this is not uh, nice to hear for people who are uh, like starting out that personal development journey. But it's it's a it's another level of consciousness, and it's I think it's important to know. With higher highs, as we progress through life there comes lower lows. Mm. In fact, it's fair to say because of world of duality and polarity that there will always be an offset of that balance. Meaning the higher we go, the also lower the lows are that mm. we experience. And why I'm saying that's kind of terrifying for some people because mm -hmm. that's probably the thing that scares people thinking that's why I don't want success. That's why I don't want more money because if I have more money, then more people can uh, try and take mm -hmm. my money, steal from me, mm -hmm. whatever, right? People fear that the big thing equals big thing. But what I'm saying here is actually, you don't need to fear it. You don't need to think, what if it happens? I'm telling you right now, that's how existence works, right? Why, 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 why am I saying that? Well, take someone like, uh, okay, take Elon Musk, okay? Wealth, okay, billions. Launches the Tesla truck, boom. Throws, cracks the screen, and then what's that? How many hundreds of millions that day lost? This, a problem, a person at that level, their problem is hundreds of millions in one day, in one incident, in five minutes, mm. right? That's way beyond the person who's scratching their head over, oh, I owe $5,000 and I don't know how to pay it back, you know? But they're stressing over, right? But the interesting thing is, people think, oh, well, so what am I going to do then? What's the, goal, what's the point in going higher, high if there's going to be a lower fall? right? But it's not that. Because actually, after some time, so you go higher, high, lower, low, higher, high, lower, low. The first few, you'll feel it a little bit. You'll be like, oh, this is tough. It does get tougher actually on the way up. Yes, it does. But somewhere down the line, you build that resilience mm. and you build that awareness mm -hmm. and you understand the perspective of things that actually when a person like Elon Musk loses a few hundred million in a day, he's probably less stressed than the person who is 5K in debt. Because you start realizing this game, this game is also, this life is just a game. Mm -hmm. It's not real and there's nothing to be fearful of. And the problem is when you fear it, it amplifies it, it magnifies it, attracts it, manifests. Mm -hmm. But if you don't fear it and you just experience it, I always say to people, I said, the biggest spiritual teaching I can teach everyone from beginner stage is just learning to become the witnesser. I think that's the best practice for meditation. I think that's the best, best practice for life. What does that mean? 
whatever happens, you don't need to see it as good. You don't need to see it as bad, right? If you try to see it as good, sometimes people are like, yeah, but I'm faking it. No, don't see it as good. Don't see it as bad. I'm saying just witness it. Almost like you're watching a movie every day. Be the witnesser. Oh, that just happened. Oh, my bank account just went down. Oh, someone just stole my car. Oh, this happened. Oh, this didn't happen. Oh, she just left me. Oh, mm. witness. And what is witnessing? What is the process of witnessing? Witnessing is saying, I witness with no dialogue and with no emotion. I am just watching, observing. Why I say this is the biggest practice is because that's what makes you reconnect with divine, mm. the divine energy. Mm. Because what is divine energy? What is God? What is universe? Is the witnesser, the ultimate witnesser. It sees everything and feels everything, but it's never affected by anything. Without, without feeling, without emotion. Without, because it still does its work every single day. Mm -hmm. Gravity is still pulling the same force every single day. It doesn't mm -hmm. give up one day. Mm -hmm. Everything is doing. Ocean waves, moon, sun is doing their work every single day, waking up at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. It does it. Mm. It doesn't matter how tra traumatic the experience on planet Earth is, it will still do its work. It just mm -hmm. observes mm -hmm. and it's not affected by anything. Mm, that's you know? freaking scary to think about that. It's crazy. It's like there's so something just watching. There's no reaction. <laughs> <laughs> just doing its work. <laughs> I say a lot, you're not your thoughts. You're the observer of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And becoming aware of that is 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 your power mm -hmm. to then realize that you're the one that gets to decide what you think about yourself mm -hmm. and who you want to become and what you believe. Mm -hmm. I say that you know uh, who is it? Earl Nightingale says that you know you become what you think about. Mm -hmm. That's the the strangest secret in the world. Mm -hmm. You become what you think about. So how important is it? And and yeah, do you agree with me that, you know, the reason why people are stuck in this, like, let's say it's call it a K-hole or stuck in this just place of, you know, discontentment or they're in their own way. A lot of people like, like to say, uh, you know, I am my own worst enemy, mm -hmm. right? Or there's, there's so much resistance to change because they're just so, they're stuck in this box. They're so used to the life that they've lived, mm -hmm. right? And I say that the reason why you're not living your dreams is because you're not being authentic. When you start being authentic, you get into alignment with your purpose, with your destiny, with who it is that you truly are, right? And one of the reasons why we can't be authentic is because of judgment, is because of shame, is because of pain, is because of trauma, is because of suppressed energy that hasn't been released. And what does it mean to be authentic? To be, tr to be the truth, what to be yourself, to be, to be yourself, mm -hmm. to honor everything that you are, mm -hmm. to be able to self, like self, part of self-love is self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you under the mask? Take mm. take that off. Mm. No one's no one's watching. All of a sudden you can be yourself. Mm. And is that something that you can relate to and that, that you agree with that is really stopping people from like going in the right direction? Definitely. Definitely. I think people, yes, it's a, it's a stage to feel worthy enough to feel that you're enough to feel that you are no longer fearful of any judgment around you and to say i do what i do i wear what i want to wear i speak the way i want to speak i believe in whatever i want to believe in i take whatever actions i want to take uh, that is a a very important thing for people to 
venture into doing that first. In exploring that, there will be a lot of chaos that happens around. There will be a lot of chaos because a lot of people say, you've changed, or you're not this, or you're not that, or you shouldn't be doing this, or you shouldn't be doing that. So there will be a lot of chaos for sure, right? That chaos will be a stage. And the interesting thing is when people go into the being the authentic self, because that chaos is happening, some people, they also back out. They come back because they're like, oh, I don't like it. And mm. this, the, what, what they're saying about me now, I don't like it. So mm -hmm. they start pulling back a little bit, mm. right? And now they're stuck in the in-between. I see a lot of people stuck in the in-between now is I, I'm being myself, but at the same time, I still need to be wary of this thing, mm -hmm. right? Or these people's judgments. So they're kind of stuck here. And this is the most loneliest place because this, you are not really aligning with the true friends that are here. You are also not really aligning with the true friends that are here. It feels like a lonely journey. I can't mm, really speak mm, to anybody. Mm, Nobody mm. understands me. I yep. see this happens so much with the spiritual community. They're stuck in that middle. It takes absolute strength, this mental strength, spiritual strength, and determination and congruency alignment to say, yes, I am me, and I become my attraction. Mm -hmm. And people come to me, right? Then your new crowd, your new tribe will be attracted by your vibe. But majority of people don't make it there, right? Because it takes a lot of practice. It takes it, you need coaching. You need uh, you need you need you need you need mentoring. You need training, right? To 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 get that type of congruency. And it's practice. It may take a lot of trial, trialing, a lot of uh, challenges. But when you get there, it's so satisfying because then you become the attraction. Mm. And now your authenticity is attracting everybody else's authenticity around you too. Yeah. That is a part of a self-growth journey. Mm. But that self-growth journey is very interesting when we come from a different level of consciousness observing it. After your self-growth will come you needing to fulfill the world. Right? Mm. It's, it's always like that. Mm. Our highest need is the need for contribution. Mm -hmm. Our purpose is to be purposeful. Our purpose is to serve beyond oneself. You know, mm -hmm, that's then mm -hmm. is no longer selfish. Mm -hmm. Once we get to that and it comes to serving other people, actually, authentic self is a strange uh, territory to be in. Authentic self in the way that, mm, how authentic can we be? Let's say, if, if, if I had the choice today, I probably would have, uh, if I could do anything today and I had the choice totally being myself, I probably would have just came here in my boxer shorts, mm. in my underwear. Mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't wear it because it's just comfortable. I'm like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like that at home, yeah. you know? I just, you, I, I just presentation, like you know? You yeah, you know, if, 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 if it was totally just, everything's just, you know, I would probably F you there and F you here and just, I don't give a damn, you know? That's just me, you know? But then when it comes to, um, let's say, the, 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 the next part of our life, that contribution and service part, everything, the responsibility is very big. Mm. And how our message is communicated and how people receive it is very big. And how people understand it is very big. This is all our karma. So 
I, I think that people need to understand those three three stages of communication when that happens is number one, speak what they want. If we want, if we really want to reach out to as many people as possible and make a difference in this world, number one, speak what they want. Number two, slowly educate them of their needs. And number three, finally show them the how. It will, it has to go that way. Otherwise, I, if I was just being my authentic self and just you know, whatever. I'll just be telling people how to do this, how to do that, how to do that, but nobody's going to listen. I'll just be like, my, you know, it'd be wild. It'd be quite wild if everybody was actually. But do you think that you're doing a disservice to your truth if you're not honoring your true authenticity? Obviously, I get the example of what you're uh -huh. sharing, being uh -huh. in your boxes and stuff. Uh -huh. But I guess, um, like, you know, David Goggins, right? Mm. So when I do my solo episodes, mm. I say the F word. Mm. Um, I use colorful language. Mm. And it's just a form of expression. Mm. Um, and I'm at the I'm I'm at this place where I'm risking losing people mm. because they may find it offensive. Mm. Which I've had many people message me on my Instagram and say, you know, I love your message, but if if but because you're using that, I'm not following you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's, yep. Or whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a moment there where I was like questioning myself. I've got it's happened a couple of times actually. A couple of people have come in and, and said, you know, um, you know, it's better if you don't use that language. Mm. Um, and let's focus on the business. And so I said, okay, no worries. Mm. So I conformed. And then it happened again. And then I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she mentioned David Goggins, and she mm. said, oh, I don't really like him. Mm. And I said, hang on a second. You know what? I said, actually, I like him. I said, you know why? Because I've watched him on Tom Bilyeu. I've watched him on other Ed Milet. I've watched him on mm -hmm. on podcasts where they have invited him because he is himself. Mm -hmm. And he never changes. Mm -hmm. No matter where he goes. They, because of his power, because of who he is, how mm -hmm. real he is. Mm -hmm. No one said to him, hey, David, we want you on stage, but you can't speak like that. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I, I I don't think it's the it's it, it's about uh, the f word or anything like that or the way people speak. Let's say for example, uh, like Gary Vee started that way as well. Of course, it was, it was it was all of that, and that's how he blew up also his following. Actually, uh, I, I I'm actually speaking kind of like the opposite to that. Is saying that uh, if if I look at my authentic self, okay, my authentic self is uh, is uh, just very chameleon. I I I I I like to be I like to be very different in very different situations. I enjoy I just I feel very natural doing that. Mm. If I'm with my friends through growing up, I'll just be completely messing around talking absolute <laughs> nonsense because it's just I don't care in that moment. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't yeah, need to I'm not I'm not at work. I'm not I just, yeah, just don't yeah. care in that moment. I understand that absolute nonsense if I was if I was if it was recorded, it would empower nobody. It would empower because I actually just sit there and just do nothing and talk absolute nonsense. It does just like that. I know that when I I I I I, I play a lot of sports. So when where, whether I'm at the gym or whether I'm playing football or whatever I'm doing, I know that it becomes a very active energy, mm, very mm, fiery, mm, right? So it's, I I know that it's it becomes everything becomes very alpha and everything very like that. I know that. I, I need to take breaks from that sometimes. And I just like to just sit and say nothing at all and just be totally Zen. I know that when I'm meditating, I'm not that way, right? Now, 
that I believe my authentic self is every single one of those characters. I'm most comfortable that mm-hmm. way. It's just nice. I enjoy my life so much. Mm-hmm. Right? But that is a big confusion to outside. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, I'm not, I wasn't saying the F word is, is any, I think if I was congruent with the F word, I would also blow up a following there. That's fine. I think if I was congruent every single time, just every single time this way, I think that also I'll build a big following yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is actually, but my authentic self is not that way. My authentic self is, I just, is different all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's, there's different parts of you that-, that But 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 that from, but from a, from a, how people receive it mm. and see it, people get confused. Mm. And it's actually less empowering for people when they see that because it's just like, wait a second, he's, He's out of character. And it's like, what do you mean out of character? <laughs> what, what character? Yeah, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like uh, before we went on to, the, it's like before I went on to, came onto this show, yeah. um, uh, I was uh, looking at your Instagram and I see you like, but naked with this, uh, I don't know what dance theory yeah, or something dancing, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. What, so, so I'm looking at that. And then now I'm hearing you speak. It's a, I'm getting a complete different vibe. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, but I believe that this, I don't know what you're going to do going forward with this podcast show, whether you're also going to go down on your boxes and start doing this silly thing. But it's, you know, eventually when it goes out, it depends how many sides of you there are, because I believe there's many sides to you too. Mm. But I think that when it comes to, from a marketing standpoint, how to reach people, Mm. because, because people are not so good with change, people are not so good accepting change. People like to see that, oh, this is, they call that alignment. Mm. But I see it like, hey, change is the only constant. Actually, seasons are changing all the time. Weather's changing all the time. Everything's changing all the time. And we are humans. We're part of nature and change is normal. But that level of consciousness is not with the mass consciousness right now. So if we are doing that way, actually, I think it causes some disturbance. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. It, look, it, again, it's it's for everyone. It's different, and it's really about you tuning into what works for you and what makes sense for you. Because I, you know, anyone can be sitting listening, going, "Yeah, that's not how you should be doing it," right? Um, but there are so many, and I think what you're doing is you're showing that it's okay to be like this and like that and like this, and, you know. But slowly, you you know what it is actually. That's that's the first part of it. The first part of uh, growing that uh, tribe and allowing people to understand what your message is. The second part can go a little bit wider. Mm. So right now we're in like a second, third phase right now where we'll do uh, some odd things here and some odd things there, and then start because now you have enough people with you. Mm-hmm. It's uh, then. Uh, even if you get some people who are like, what is this? What is this guy? You At least you've got enough people with you of and course. they can carry the message and the power forward, you know? So I think it's different stages, you know? Mm, absolutely. You, you Obviously, you've got a lot of responsibility. You've got a lot of things you're going on. You've got a whole team. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot. Do you feel the weight on your shoulders? How do you protect your energy? How do you really, you know? Uh, I, 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 have a, I have a great team. Mm. Yeah. They, they they do so much and uh, yeah my 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 spiritual master grandmaster Aksha he has a protocol for the team and everything so when we go out there's a group of them when we go anywhere so I'm actually not in public much so mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't yeah I've even stopped speaking at other people's events and things like that it's just too many people so we have a we just opened up a center here now mm-hmm. uh, yeah a yoga center and people just come to us and when I'm done, I go off stage and I'm backstage. And yeah, I, 
I'm not in public much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so that really helps because uh, there's too much clutter outside. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of my success and and who I am and who I've become has been because of solitude. And a lot of people are, and even coming to Dubai, like I, I felt okay. I'm, I've got family, so many people I know, I have friends, and I'm like, I got to this point where I felt it within myself. It's like Luke, it's time to go. It's time to get out of here. It's time to level up. It's time mm. to surround yourself with people who do bigger things than you. Let me tell you something. I didn't realize how broke I was until I got to Dubai. I'm feeling the same. I didn't, way. <laughs> no, I didn't re- I just yeah. really, I like, uh, and, and, and that, like, to other people, that might not feel good. To me, that felt, ooh, I'm charged by it. I'm mm. just like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we were driving down the palm one day and then we seen this whole house was built of gold. The whole house. I said, no, what, what is this? Yeah, like, I mean, I was in DIFC yesterday and I was just looking around at the buildings and there's all the Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce, Bentley, this, that, and I'm like, freaking hell, man. (laughs) But it's good. But it's inspiring. It's, you know, I'm not here. I don't judge anyone. Everybody's building their own life and all that kind of stuff. But to to be around that kind of energy, for me, me, uh, seeing things that are worth a lot, for me, it's energy. Uh You know? Uh, what, what, what What is your thoughts around materials? materialistic world what, what everything is for me everything is energy mm-hmm. and and so if something is expensive it means it requires a lot of energy mm-hmm. it's required for someone to make a rolls royce they needed a lot of that to put into that that's right which 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 is energy so it's it's a high vibration mm-hmm. which means that if you surround yourself with that you you, you obviously you know you feel a specific way mm-hmm. So in order and, and for- what, what about what about you personally and materials? You like materials or not? Well, that's the thing. I normally don't wear a watch. I used to wear gold. Uh, I used to have a bracelet. When I when I moved to the Shaolin Temple and a part of that journey um, was letting go of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, letting go, uh, no girlfriends, um, brands, all that stuff. I had to let go of it all, religion, family, mm-hmm. You know, to to discover what am I without anything outside of myself, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why I believe that a lot of people are not happy because we're constantly attaching ourselves to a handbag, mm-hmm. or to a watch, mm-hmm. or to a car. Mm-hmm. You know, and I found that through my experience that I'm content and happy just being me, mm-hmm. with myself, mm-hmm. looking at myself in the mirror. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a. Uh my my grandma Staksha always says to us somebody asked them about uh, uh, detachment once they said they're practicing detachment and uh, what do they do now the uh, that that sim- sim- simple life what do you call it minimalism minimalism yeah minimalism mm. and then, uh, someone say they're practicing minimalism and then grandmaster in 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 the class he said so interesting these days he said so many people practicing minimalism and detachments when they never even had anything in the first place. And then uh, the whole class was laughing. This, and uh, what he was explaining, he said that uh, everyone just thinks it's the new cool, it's the new trend, practice detachments. But what are you detaching from? You never made anything to detach in the first place. He said that life, you're in this journey, You, if you don't attached to things and materials and in a big way you cannot truly understand the essence of detaching from something and this is what he was explaining and what i what i read when i was uh reading the bhagavad gita and i and i love this because Mm -hmm. it was saying that um actually it's not about what 
like it's not the problem is not where people own things it's the problem happens where things own the people yeah and so when grandmaster talks about this he always says that actually it doesn't matter what you like you want a nice car get the nice car you want a nice house get the nice house you want a nice handbag get the nice handbag that's totally fine but is your happiness coming from only that if your happiness is only coming from that then now you need to reflect what's going on because happiness should be found within mm -hmm. but are you just getting that comfort because there's no reason why we should not live in comfort right mm -hmm. so experience the comfort experience everything in so much abundance and if one day somebody was to take everything away you are not affected by anything then you know spiritually you have ascended mm. <laughs> so it's pretty much to say you can have it all but the truth is you can have it all it's taken away Mm -hmm. And because of the person you've become to achieve what you had, mm. you'll just go and do it again mm. because you have it all, mm. right? I, I, I always give that mantra to all our students these days. I say, I say, when you wake up in the morning, let the universe know, universe, I'm open. Universe, I'm open for everything. I'm Universe, I'm open to attracting abundance, absolute mm -hmm. abundance in every area of my life. Yet at the same time, if I don't receive anything at all, I'm just forever grateful being alive right now mm. thank you thank you thank you and i think that is the thing you know work towards everything attached to nothing yeah i think that's the biggest superpower dr wayne dyer has that powerful quote yeah. have a mind that is open to everything but attached to nothing uh -huh. Uh -huh. and it brings you so much peace mm -hmm. because you're not attached to anything mm -hmm. but you're open that's right right so you know just going back to what you said about energy it's it's there's a specific frequency that expensive or things that are worth more money are attached to mm -hmm. and you surrounding yourself with that also brings a different type of vibration mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's right so you know when i think about like for example when i bought a bmw last year why did i buy that if I sit in a Toyota Camry or if I sit in a BMW, how does it make me feel a specific way? Mm -hmm. It's not that I'm attaching myself to that materialistic possession because now I feel like I'm better. But the vibration But the different. vibration's different. Mm -hmm. So when I get in that car, mm -hmm. I feel a specific way. Mm -hmm. I can appreciate the the things that are that mold this energy into one. And then with you, when you're with that energy, more abundance comes your way. Mm. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Master Shri, uh, honestly, um, you talk about energy. You talk about, you know, you. Were, you I was actually explaining this to one of my team members in, in um, Boracay in the Philippines. And I was, we was sitting down in the resort and she was sitting next to me. And I said, listen, everything is energy. I said, right now, I said, there's this aura around me. I said, you have it as well, but you can't see it. Mm -hmm. And I said, right now, I said, our energy auras are actually connected. Mm -hmm. I said, and you're receiving me. You're receiving my energy. I'm receiving your energy. I said, so once I leave, you're going to feel a specific way after a few days mm -hmm. because you're going to have received this power that I have, right? So that you can keep growing and moving forward in a, in a better way. Um, and so I'm very grateful for your time. And I know that it's the most precious commodity on this earth. You can't go to a supermarket and say, hey, you know what? Not happy with the last 12 months. Um, I'm going to buy, buy another 12 months. Um, and the fact that you spent some time with me today and you shared your wisdom and your power uh, and, uh, you know, went deeper into your story. I know that everybody who's listening is going to be nothing but inspired. 
Um, guys, make sure that you follow Master Shri. But um, in saying that, thank you so much. And, and also, if you could please share with us where people can find you um, on your social media platforms or websites or how people can get access to you live. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and a, a beautiful conversation as well, diving deep. Um, and also, welcome to Dubai. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. If you ever need anything, we're here. Uh, so Absolutely. I appreciate support. it. Um, and yeah, people can just find me. I think just find me on YouTube and all social platforms. They'll see me. Yeah. So <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, Master Sri, before we finish up, I have one final question. Mm -hmm. There's someone out there right now that needs this power of communication that we have. And it's such a gift. You know, there's so many people living in fear of speaking their truth, mm -hmm. of showing up, sharing their story. Mm. what can you leave us with for that person that's listening right now that is hurting right now and they they have a story but they're afraid to share it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we are put onto this planet for a reason a divine reason way beyond what our mind can uh, try to gather or, or figure out all of the challenges and problems that we go through is put there on purpose, deliberate, deliberate creation by the collective. Have trust in knowing that we did not birth ourselves here. There was something else that birthed us here. So there is something that is greater, doesn't matter what we believe in, whether we call it God or whatever we call is fine. But just know that there's something bigger. And that big thing always calculates everything perfectly, mathematically perfectly. If you look at nature, the sunrise, sunset, everything is perfect. Waves, ocean waves, moon, it's full moon. Everything is perfection. Your life, although even if right now you may be going through some challenges, is somewhat of some perfection that you can realize at, in another time in the future, right? When we look back. And right now, with that belief, understanding that everything is perfection, now put this into the mind. Why are they hearing these words today? Because there's billions of people on the planet. However many people were supposed to hear this is hearing this right now in this moment. So why did they hear use your voice? This message is for them. For sure, it's for every single person who is listening or watching right now. That is their creation from their intention set at one point, now universe is responding through this podcast. Mm -hmm. So live your truth, speak your truth, and the energies, the universe will always be behind you. As long as you're moving towards love and positivity, compassion and service, universe will always be working with you. Guys, there you have it, Master Sri. I appreciate you, man. It was a blessing to have you on. And uh, let's keep taking action, being the change and changing the world, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on this journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're ready to grow and reach your full potential and find inner peace, send me a DM that says, I want inner peace. And I'll send you the next steps. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. When you change your mind, you change your whole life. So don't hesitate and send that DM over to me. Myself and my team can't wait to meet you and witness your transformation in full glory. See you next week.